Because of the following special program, WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will not be presented this evening. Both comedies will return next Sunday at the regular times on most of these stations. Tonight's special presentation is brought to you by Kellogg's and Cornstalk. The cereal protected by your long-lost friends and ancestors who watch over you from the respectful distance, just to make sure you are safe. Prepare yourself for an in-depth examination of something mundane from Icy Robot's day-to-day existence. Welcome to This Boring Life. Greetings, and welcome to another exciting episode of This Boring Life, in which we take a look at the secret origin of me, Icy Robot, one topic at a time. And this topic, the topic we are going to tackle today, is one that is near and dear to my heart. I guess since we are, since we are in the uh, early, early goings of the show, this is only episode number four, all of the topics are going to still be near and dear to my heart, but... Let's, uh, let's hope we die before we get too old, as it were. Let's hope the show ends before we start talking about things I don't care about. But this week, the topic is near and dear to my heart. It's a good one. It is going to be going to be a lengthy discussion on my history with comic stores. I'm going to start with, I'm just, you know, I'm going to go basically in chronological order, and I'm going to go through the comic book stores I've gone to, comic book stores I've seen, comic book stores that are long gone, stories I have from the stores, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, because in the last episode, you know, we talked bowling, and I, I said that I, that I had been hanging and clanging around bowling alleys for a long time, well, when it comes down to it, I've been hanging and clanging at comic book stores equally as long, if not, if not longer, I have always been, always been sort of a comic nerd, I've been drawn into the world of four color art just as long as i can recall i have been i have been reading comics at first i didn't have didn't have that many of my own but my cousin had he had quite a few and he's still he's still a collector today much like myself and his just checking out the ones that he had started off my interest he he had these collections these dc collections that his parents would pick up for him at the airport. Their um, their in-laws lived a couple states over, and they were always flying to see them. And when they would go, they would always come back with a stack of these of these DC collections. That for for that reason, I, I always I think of them as the airport books, but I don't really know what they are. But they would be collections of different stories, some Superman stories, you know, like for example. One would be focused on Superman, and one would be, like, great DC outer space tales. These, these were DC books, I don't know if I mentioned that. And one would be, one would be about Batman, and one would be about Western tales, and they were pretty neat because it got me introduced to, like, a bunch of different genres that were popular at the time. I, I remember in particular liking the like in the DC outer space ones, I remember one where there was some kind of, some kind of starfish space hugger. It wasn't, it wasn't Starro. Is that that guy's name from the Justice League? It wasn't like that. It was, it would stick on your face and it had suction cups. And I don't, you know, I don't like recall where it went 
from there, but I can still see those suction cup starfish things in my head, and that was one of, like, my early nightmare fuels. I'm not even kidding. I, I, would, I would be afraid that these things would come and latch onto me. It was gross, but that's the power of comics, because unlike, unlike you know, a normal book, a, uh, a prose book with, like, a lot of text, you're, you're getting to see directly what the monster looks like through the mind of some twisted comic book artist and this was this was the 70s and things were things were a bit more I'm not going to say more twisted but I I felt like the comic creators had more freedom at least at least on the mainstream scale today you have like a bunch of really neat indie companies and people are getting the opportunities to tell all kinds of wacky stories with a lot of the limitations cut loose, but even you know, even today at at mainstream Marvel and DC, there I don't want to say like confined or whatever, but you know they have to they have to keep up to the standards of like broadcast television or like a PG thirteen movie. But back in the day, I I don't want to say that they would go into like the rated R category, but the if you think about it, the categories were altogether different because you had PG. You didn't have PG-13, you had PG and R, so what was in the realm of PG would stretch all the way, you know, up to up to the point of R. I, I recall being a kid and there would be movies that would have nudity and still would still have the PG ratings like, dig this, check out, sometime check out Bad News Bears, the original one from back in the day, not the, not the whack new one. Go and check out the one from back in the day and that movie was rated G. And you will not believe some of the language and some of the content that is in that thing. I recall one time at the video store, we we kind of had this doctrine that you could only play up to PG in the store. And if possible, during the day, they would prefer that you would keep it keep it rated G. So one day I'm just like, I'm going to pop in. I'm going to pop in the Bad News Bears. And before you know it, like, they're tossing around the N-word like it's nobody's business. And... And I'm running, you know, from the back of the store trying to get to the VCR to pop it out before before somebody, you know, blows a head gasket, which, you know, honestly, they should because that's not what they expected coming into the store that day. So, uh, so anywho, my cousin, he would have these collections, and as I recall, they were, they were fairly large, like 50 or 100 pages. It's hard, hard to, hard to look back in my memories and, you know, get like an exact count. I didn't, I didn't go through and scan it so that someday my... My superhuman memory would be able to give you the exact number, but they 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 seemed big, like they were really thick. Each one would have it seemed like a, like five to ten stories, and we would you know we would just go through those like crazy. When when I would go over there, a lot of the times you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the mood for hanging out. They had they had a basement and then a normal level and an upper level at my at my cousin's house and most of the socializing would take place in in the upper level where the kitchen and the dining room was and I would I would kind of stay down on the ground level where they had the magazines and the books just so I could just so I could dig through these comics at the time I had I had like no comics of my own my parents they hardly ever went to the airport I didn't even know where comics came from at the time, except for the airport, because I would go to the grocery store with them, but 
we had uh, we had a Jules. We had a Jules and a Dominic back in back in Illinois, and I don't recall either of them having a spinner rack. Or it could very well be that I was just too small at the time to like go off on my own and look for the spinner rack over at a uh, over at Osco. I can still recall the day that like the Jewel and the Osco sort of merged. They had always been like door to door to each other back in a. Uh, back in Illinois when I was, you know, a super small youth. And for a period of time, they closed. They did some construction. And when they opened it up again, there was an opening between the two stores. It, it, it blew my mind. That's, uh, that's a bit of a segue, and I apologize. It has nothing to do... It has nothing to do with anything. Does anybody out there, anyone out there, shop at Jewels? Uh, big shout-out to Jewels. And, man, we don't have that here. We have Safeway... Albertsons, Luckies, but we have no Jewels. We have no Dominics. We don't have an Osco. I did see the uh, Osco was a drugstore chain. I think they're still around, but we don't have any here. They do have some in Nevada. A couple times you've gone to like Reno or Lake Tahoe. I have, I have seen an Osco, but where were we? So yeah, I would stay downstairs like a nerd, and I would check those books out all all by myself when. When I wasn't in the in the mood for playing around, and those were like the only comics I ever I ever saw for the longest time, and then eventually we we moved to California here, and still I didn't have any comics of my own. Not so, not so much, not so much really. We had um we had a grocery store here that had a uh, spinner rack full of comics and I would I would from time to time con my mom into into going to that grocery store just so I could hang out at the spinner rack and and read stuff. I was um heavily into DC. I would read I would read the different Supermans that they had, you know, they had action, then they had Superman and like Brave and the Bold where Superman and Batman would team up. I would check all those out, but I I never I never had any of my own. I I would get you know, I'd get magazines and stuff when we would go. That was kind of kind of the deal. We'd go grocery shopping and I would, you know, be be able to pick a magazine as as the gift if I was if I was a good kid and I would I would get like mad or cracked and I never I never opted to get a comic. I probably I probably could have talked it into two comics, which is which is a nice bargain, but I was, you know, I was really into magazines at the time. I would sometimes, you know, get like a uh, monster magazine of sorts. I, I don't think it was Famous Monsters. I don't recall what it was. At, I I know not. That part, that part of my memory is vague. Eventually I got into wrestling magazines, but I don't think, I don't think I was so much at this earlier time. I knew that, I knew the Mad, Mad was great and Cracked was great. And I always had, you know, stacks of those around, but we're talking about comics. Let's talk about comics. So let's actually... Let's take a brief pause. A brief pause here in the show. I need I need to get a sip of some uh, some water. So we're gonna do that. Gonna uh, go through the VHS vault, find a nice nice comic store related commercial. We're gonna pop that in, and then we will come back and talk about the first time I ever myself went to an a- actual, honest to gosh, comic book store. Well, here's my new place. I finally got everything I need to entertain. Great new TV, the best audio, and DC Comics. No, really, they've sure changed over the years. 
They're not for kids anymore. There's sophisticated horror like Sandman, action stories like Watchmen, incredible graphic novels. Oh, yeah, check this one out. No, not my girlfriend. Say hi, Tina. This graphic novel. Look at the art in Black Orchid. The new generation of DC Comics. See what you've been missing. Your favorite DC Comics are available every week at Fantasy Books and Games. That commercial right there, that commercial right there is so wild because, because Fantasy Books and Games is the name of the store that I went to, and that is, that is a commercial for their sister store in Livermore. My store was, uh, my store was here in, in good old Santa Rosa, but first I wanna, I wanna talk about that commercial for a sec because that guy, that guy's a bit of a dork, but I feel as if, I feel like we've all been at that stage in our life. Like maybe, maybe it's our first time out there in the world and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to like get our pad as cool as possible for when people come over. So, you know, you're like, I got this banging TV with, uh, I got it hooked up to my, to my stereo with some AV cables through the VCR making like, you know, making like a rudimentary home entertainment system. Like maybe you got your cool books. You know, like, I don't know, what was, like, your Kurt Vonnegut out on the table so people, people might think you're deep and you got, you know, you got your CDs of cool stuff and DC Comics was trying to horn in on that too. They're like, hey man, no bachelor pad is complete without having some, you know, some DC, some DC comics in there. You gotta have, gotta have those Sandmans and those Neil Gaimans and, like, the Vertigo stuff. It's... These aren't your parents' comics anymore. Batman's dark. He he kills the Joker in a comic, so also like he fights he fights Superman. So these are these aren't your parents' comics. These are these are for you, the guy who's out there trying to pick up chicks. As a matter of fact, you 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 couldn't see it, you know, because it's only audio. But as as like they're panning around the room, there is you know there's a girl there, and that's that's to show you that hey guys who read comics. <laughs> you can get girls too. You're not, you're not just a nerd. Even though in real life you are, you know, are, are actually a nerd and you get no chicks. But that's just, that's something, that's something that we all have to deal with. But let's, um, let's talk about my, my first exposure to an actual, honest to gosh, comic store. So the main street of my town is 4th Street. It's where, it's where the library is. And at the time, there was there was more of a, a criminal element down there. It's really it's really homogenized now, but at the time there was like this walkway, this thoroughfare that was known as Anarchy Alley, and punks would hang up there like punk rocks, you know. Dudes like dudes like Gino Vega and you know his ilk would hang out there. Guys with mohawks, guys who would guys who would use eggs. You know, to give themselves liberty spikes, and they would wear like leather jackets with like uh, denim vests with Ramones patches, or you know, pictures of like Sid Vicious or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know those icons as much as I probably should. But this whole area was like there were just you know there were punk rocks and homeless people and weirdos, and at the time, I'm not even. I'm not even making this up. There was, there was like a street gang of rockabillies known as the Wanderers, and they would drive around 
they would just drive around all through the downtown area wearing like zoot suits like a convertible 57 Chevy playing like Frankie Valley. I'm not I am not even kidding you. This was something that that really happened in downtown Santa Rosa. We were we were plagued by the wanderers. That's it's so weird to even think about today, but when you were down there, you would see these guys in the convertible. There would be like two in the front and three in the back and they would just be bumping bumping these 50 songs it was it was the weirdest thing they they really took the rockabilly uh rockabilly culture all the way i got a couple friends nowadays that are into that whole rockabilly scene and when i when i ask them about the wanderers i i don't get uh i don't get a lot of don't get a lot of positive feedback but what i'm what i'm trying to point out is the atmosphere back then in the downtown area was much much different than it is today there was also like a mcdonald's way down the street and that was where that was where all the punks would hang out after after they got rousted out of out of anarchy alley one thing i really i can still picture in my head when i when i think of anarchy alley is along one wall there was this big graffiti that said uh, jim morrison and I don't know how punk rock that is, but that graffiti was up there for years. Nowadays, if something gets tagged up, it's it has to be gone by the next day. There's some kind of a city ordinance. But this this Jim Morrison graffiti was just there for, for the longest time. It it even made an appearance in one of my junior high yearbooks. I somebody was trying to be artsy fartsy and they went down there and they, they laid on the ground and they got a picture from underneath and it made the made the the yearbook i don't know i don't know what it had to do with anything but there you have it so 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 any anyhow there was a record store on the on this corner across from the library none of the last record store and that was at the time like too hip and cool of a place for me to even even uh go in today it still exists which is awesome it's at a it's at a different location now but the fact that it's still there is great and I try to uh, I try to throw business there every chance I get. My daughter, 2.0 buys. That's where she gets her CDs. Anytime she wants like a physical CD, I make sure to go there and special order it. We're good for like I don't know five or six CDs a year, which is which is uh, more than most at this point. But I wish I wish I could do more. I think that places like that have to be preserved. You know, just any place where you get to get out of the house and go and actually like look at things and see the outside has got to be preserved at any at any any rate there was there was a last record store and then right next to that was was Sawyer's News which is that's a place I I intend to talk about in length in a different episode but that was that was a really great magazine store that really acted as 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 the center of our town I would say that was where I would bump into the most people that I knew different aged people you know young people old people that's where that's where everybody went, and sadly, that place is no longer with us. But then, right next to that was that was the Supercuts, and that's where that's where we were going at this time. My my dad and me would go there and get haircuts at the same time. And when when we went this time, which was one of the early times, I recall I recall going in and. Right next door to it was something I had never, 
ever heard of in all of my lives. And this thing was something known as a comic book store known as fantasy books and games. And I did not I did not know the exact title of the comic store. And honestly, this this memory is so vague and the way the way I picture this place in my head, it can't possibly be real, but I do picture it this way. And when we went to the barber this time, I really pushed for I've pushed for myself to get the first haircut because I was hoping that I would I'd be able to convince him that he should allow me to go to this this sketchy looking store next time. I remember the place being very sketchy to my to my young eyes and it was it was right on the border of Anarchy Alley. It was right on the corner and this might not be accurate. My my memories are they're kind of kind of smoky as it were. I I only went there this one time because then we ended up going to a a, a barbershop that was uh, more near to my house and this was the only time we went there. Maybe they maybe they had a coupon. I I know not, but I I went first and I asked him if I could go next door to this this store and he he was he was like sure you know go go ahead it seems seems cool to me I think maybe I think maybe I told him it was like a bookstore and I wanted to go look not saying that it was that it was a comic book store but he let me go and when I went in as I recall the store was very thin and when I'm over in that area I see the space where I imagine it was and it is it is a thin locale and. As I remember, they had they had stacks and stacks of stuff everywhere. They had piles of books, piles of magazines, and everything was just jammed in there. It was sort of sort of like if something were to fall. Who knows if you would who knows if you'd be able to make it out of there alive if there's a fire. Who knows if you'd be able to make it out of there alive. I do recall they had a front and a back entrance. A lot of the stores on on this 4th Street area had public entrances in the rear and the front. Those parking lot in the rear, street parking in the front. And when I went in, I was I was really intimidated. The the people who were there seemed older than me and really scruffy, long-haired guys with beards, weird, weird-looking people, maybe people like I, I would seem today to, you know, myself, to a younger a younger me, but I went in and I, I just, I, I couldn't take it all in. I, I was just like, I was in, in like a, a vortex, you know, thing. It felt like they were spinning around me. It just, it was so, it was so confusing just that, that there were this many books, comic books, magazines, posters, and things in the whole world. It didn't seem like a place that I, I should be, but there I was. And as I went in, the dude who was working the counter came to me and he gave me the the you know can I help you find something is this where is this where you want to be and I I said I this you know I don't know what I'm looking for I have no idea I've never I've never been in a store like this before and he he went to he went to the counter he came back with a with a store flyer like like a mailer and on it was a coupon that said free comic book of our choice and he handed it to me and he's like well you know, look around, and then when you're all done, come to the counter. And when I read that thing, I I was like, 
free comic book of your choice. That's it's how I saw it. I remember this distinctly. I thought it said free comic of my choice. Like they were gonna let me pick anything in the whole, the whole entirety of the store. So I looked around and I looked around for for expensive looking stuff, and I, I saw some I saw some cool stuff behind the counter. And I don't you know I don't remember exactly what it was, but I probably some of those airport books. Maybe like an autographed copy of the Air Force book, airport book, autographed by the uh, one of the face huggers. But I, anyway, I you know I looked around and I saw stuff. It was mostly like in piles. It was really strange. And I went up, I went up to the counter and I you know I pointed. I was I said, well, you know, here's the flyer. I'll take that one at whatever it was that I wanted. And he's like, no, no, no. This is a free comic of our choice, meaning we get to pick you one. And he started poking around through the piles behind the counter that were, that were near to him. And he pulled out, pulled one out and he's like, here you go. And he took the flyer back and, you know, I looked at the comic and I, I wish I still had it today. I do not, but it was, it was a horror comic. And there was like some zombie freak on the front cover with like worms coming out of his head. And he's like, here you go, kid. And, you know, enjoy. And, Hope I see you soon. And I, you know, went home and I read it. And I, I wish I knew what it was today. I really, I really do. I, I, it was so scary to me at the time. I hadn't read a lot of like real raw, like EC style comics with, you know, decapitations and eye gougings and things like that. I had read some like DC House of Horror with, you know, Felix Faust and the House of Mystery and all that, all that sort of stuff. But this was, this was pretty, pretty dark, as I recall, and it wasn't, it wasn't upsetting at all. It was, you know, it was exhilarating to have something that seemed, you know, so illicit and so, it's just so out, out, out of my, you know, out of my comfort zone. I, you know, I'd read comics and I read Mad and all this stuff, but this was like some grim stuff and it was really cool because the dude, the dude was either, you know, he was either twisted and he gave this comic to some kid or... Maybe, you know, maybe he saw something in me. He saw that I would enjoy something like this. And, I mean, he was right. He was totally right. I did. I, I did enjoy it. And the comic was, it seemed old to me at the time. It wasn't what I was used to to checking out. It may have been like like a 70s comic. But you got to think back, like the 70s were closer to then than they are to now. So that's not, you know, too old, but... I remember thinking that it was cool and also that it came in in a bag. There wasn't a board, but he did bag it up. And I didn't have any comics that were bagged up like that. So this one, this one seemed, you know, it seemed like it may be like some historic thing. So I gave it to my mom and I asked her to put it away. And I remember that she, she put it under her uh, jewelry box, not her main one. The one that was, you know, up on, on her dresser where she kept, like, her normal stuff. The one the one that was more, you know, the the jewelry reserves and stuff. And she put it in, in the dresser underneath that, and it stayed there. It stayed there for years. I would, you know, check on it every once in a while and see. And eventually I decided to bring it out and read it, and it ended up getting destroyed, which was, which was whack of me. I, I was terrible. At keeping my comics in good, good working order. I would read them in the tub. I would read them outside. I would, I would do whatever, which I guess is cool 
because I, you know, I'm looking for a lot of them still to this day that I had, you know, back when I was a youth. And when I find one, it's always fun. So if I did, you know, if I kept them all, I wouldn't have the search. So you got to look at the, uh, you got to look at the sunny side of these kind of things, you know? And it, and it really was kind of, kind of a bummer because we never wound up going to that location again. We ended up, I think I said this earlier, we ended up getting our haircut nearer to the house over, over by the A&B supermarket. They had a, uh, they had a California cuts and I ended up going there. Sometimes my aunt would, would give me haircuts and, you know, like, uh, God bless her. She did her best, but the haircuts she would give me were never really that great. I would... I would try to get some, like, cool hair, and it would always just look weird, because she probably knew the basics, but wasn't, like, so much up on the current haircut, so I would end up with some, some weird do's, but that's neither, you know, here nor there. We never, we never went back to the, the fantasy books and games when it was over near, um, over near Anarchy Alley, but I wasn't, I wasn't entirely without comic books. Uh, there's a bookstore near my house known as Paperbacks Unlimited. And this is this is the oldest indie bookstore in the county. It's been around for days. They they specialize in paperbacks, you know, mass market media, fiction, not a lot of nonfiction, uh, Star Trek books, Star Wars books. Just, you know, things that people enjoy reading. You know, light reading, leisurely reading. It's not it's not a high end snooty bookstore. It's it's for the peeps. It's nice. And one of the things they have there is comic books. When I was going there, they would they would keep them on the spinner rack in the back near the sci-fi. Now they're up near the front, and Paperbacks Unlimited has like a trade-in deal where you can take your books in, and they give you store credit. I think they give you like half the price of your books, and then you can use 70% of the credit, 70% of the price. You end up paying 30%, and I would always you know, dig around for books to turn in. The deal was at the time that comic books were in the sci-fi section and you could only get sci-fi books with sci-fi credit. You can only trade sci-fi for sci-fi. And I was always digging around for anything, anything that was sci-fi when I was, you know, with my parents, like when we would go to like, you know, the the Salvation Army, I would, I would go through the books and look for sci-fi books that I could trade in and I would use them to get comics at Paperbacks Unlimited. Paperbacks Unlimited was down Highway 12 from where we live in Santa Rosa. And I would ride my bike all the way down the highway to trade it in for comic books. One thing they did there that I, I didn't really like because I was starting to get a bit of the collector bug was they stuck price tags right on the front. And that that was always whack to me. But that's what, that's what they did. But it was cool... It's cool to turn other books into books that I wanted to read, but it would always, it would always get me in the end because, like I said, you only got the, like the the half credits. So eventually, you know, you'd buy something, trade it in, and then you get less, and then you trade in what you just bought, and you get less. Eventually, you're down to nothing. So in the end, it would always work out that you know I'd buy my comics, trade them in, buy my comics, trade them back in, buy my comics, trade them back in, but eventually. Paperbacks Unlimited would wind up with all my comics and I would have nothing. But I would get to read a lot of comics and that that was fun and it was fun to ride down there. I still go there today. I don't buy comics anymore, but I do buy like Star Trek Voyager novels. I am such a dork for Star Trek Voyager novels. There's something about the characters. 
that I really enjoy. I, I don't think it was the best of all the Star Treks. The best of all the Star Treks was Deep Space Nine, but there was something very endearing about Voyager that I, you know, I still enjoy, and I still enjoy reading, reading their tales, their, their uh, further adventures out there in the Delta Quadrant. But let's uh, let's take another quick pause, and when I come back, we will talk about my my main foray when I was in high school and when fantasy books and games was was the place to go. We will talk all about that. Un momento, let's let's dig through the VHS vault and we'll see uh see what we can find. Oh, here's a good one. Alright, back in a sec. DC Incredible Action. Astonishing. Astonishing. Adventure. Adventure. The coolest heroes. Heroes. The hottest heroines. 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 And the most outrageous villains. In the universe. These ain't your daddy's comic books, fanboy. The DC Comics. Zap Comics, located in the mid-1990s. I've used that commercial for something else before. I think it was a who's who in the DC Comics universe. There's not not a lot of commercials related to, like, DC Comics. You know, DC Comics-related things like movies or shows, but not so much, you know, the, the comics themselves. That commercial, that commercial's funny to me. It's funny in a couple, couple ways. It's very uh, indicative of that era that Frank Miller, things are starting to get dark, that, uh, Lobo, Lobo's in there, him being a big character, you know, telling you that, uh, these aren't your daddy's comics, and I think I actually, uh, did this, this, uh, you know, rant on the last commercial breaks, but this ain't your daddy's comics was, that was a real big part of, of that era, that, like, post-Batman, that post-Michael Keaton Batman, where everybody was wearing, you know, Batman shirts. This was, um, I remember at that time, there was, there was a kid at my school who was selling, he had like a big stack of Batman shirts, like the kind that you could get at the, uh, at the comic store with like, I remember one of them had, uh, The Killing Joke, the cover from The Killing Joke on it, and... He had, you know, a bunch of them in his backpack, and he was selling them for uh, $5 each, and undoubtedly, he had shoplifted them from the comic book store, but that honestly never even crossed my mind that I remember I bought, I think, three different ones. One with just, like, a black shirt with the plain yellow bat logo, and then I got the Killing Joke cover, and then another one of uh, of the Joker being all scared. Not, not the Nicholas Joker. Nicholson Joker, rather. The the comic Joker. The scary the scary one. I think it had like ha 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 coming off. But those were undoubtedly shoplifted from fantasy books and games. Now this was this was the era when fantasy books and games had moved over from their smaller uh, location to a much, much larger one in downtown Santa Rosa. At this time... Fantasy Books and Games was, that was the spot to be, but we'll talk about that. We'll come back to that in a second. In between here and there, there was a, 
there was a shop in my, it was near my neighborhood. It was across, across Highway 12, and it was called Cooperstown. It was owned by a couple known as the Coopers, and for whatever reason, I hardly ever went there. It was, it was near where I was. It would be a bit of a bike ride, but no further than Paperbacks Unlimited, but... I think that at the time, you know, it's like my limited budget kept me from going over to, to Cooperstown. But the thing to do at my school, I, I recall this, like, so distinctly, was to, was to shoplift from Cooperstown. Like, dudes would go in there and they would lift, like, anything they could, like a pack of, of Topps cards or whatever. And they would always show these things off at school the next day. I... I was never into that scene. I mostly, I would imagine, out of cowardice. <laughs> but that's the thing to do. Like, I remember one guy was showing off how he stole, like, a whole year's worth. Uh, like a like a set. You know, like, 1983 Topps cards. Because it was, like, a comics slash card shop. They also had baseball cards and things like that. And they, you know, you could get, like, the year set. It would be, like, I don't know, like, 14 inches in a box of cards all in a row. And, dude... Dude stole one of those, and he was bragging around, and I recall thinking, you don't even like baseball. I know you. You don't even like baseball cards. So, doing that was, I don't know, I guess, I guess for the, for the thrill, but I never went to, I didn't go to Cooperstown at that, that time. I did go when they moved to a different location that was near the video store I worked at, but we'll get to that in a minute, too. Let's get, let's get back to... Fantasy Books and Games. Fantasy Books and Games was the spot. This was a giant store. It Now, if you go over there, it's actually like two different stores in, in, in the former location. But this was a big place. They had double doors and like completely separate sides of the store. One side was all dipped out with like all the great gaming stuff, like D&D books, D&D miniatures, just all that great role-playing stuff, and the store was, you know, it was, it was really, like, retail-oriented, obviously, but it was, you know, it was set up, like, very professionally, like, sometimes you go into a comic store, and they kind of have things, you know, stacked all about, but they, they really upped it, they had displays, everything was itemized, everything was organized, I didn't go over to the gaming side all that much. I did, I did dabble in D and D and stuff, and I, I like to look at that kind of junk. But mostly, I would spend my side, my time over on the comic side. And they had like one giant wall dedicated to all the new releases, and then they had just rows and rows and rows of long boxes of back issues. They had a big rack for t-shirts. I guess that's where this guy was gaffling all those Batman shirts, but they had like a giant rack just jam-packed with all kinds of great shirts. They had comics up on the walls, you know, like wall comics, the the more collectible key issue first appearances and stuff. They had like the um the long boxes of back issues were up. They were up up on a riser, so they were, you know, hand level. You didn't have to get down on your knees like you do in some places, but Underneath a lot of them, too, they had, like, long box after long box after long box of, uh, less important back issues that you could get up on for a quarter each. I, I was a lifetime quarter box champion. I love nothing more than a quarter box. You, you know, the quarter box now is, 
is the dollar box. One um one thing that I, I distinctly recall from fantasy books and games was anything you got out of the quarter box would have a price tag on it. A uh, fantasy books and games price tag. Just just, you know, your comic cost a lot less. But it was going to be advertising the store for all eternity. I got a lot of a lot of things out of there. They had posters up on the walls, like comic posters you could you could get. They had um Man, they had just all sorts of really, really great stuff, and I, I went there for just the longest time. Before, before they they moved there, though, they they made a brief stop in another location here in town at this this thing called the Brickyard Plaza. There's a bunch of stores over there now, like a music store. There's like a Hofbrau and a bunch of stuff. It's it's near the mall. The mall in our town is, they have like a whole brick facade. So this, this shopping center across the way, they, they kind of did themselves up in a brick sort of motif. And it, it appears as if they're, they're part of the mall, but they're not. And for, for a while, uh, they were there. And at the time they were called Barrett's Games, I think. This, uh, this info actually comes from, you know, my main dude, Gino Vega. He, He's a bit of a local historian like myself. Maybe, maybe historian is kind of a bad way to put it. Maybe we're just a couple of old fools talking about the old times. But I had a bit of a chat with him, and he was telling me that it was called uh, Barrett's Games and whatever. And the the location over on uh, 4th Street, where I first went, where we were talking about earlier, like way, way back in, you know, back in the early portion of the show, he was, he was telling me that that store wasn't yet called Fantasy Books and Games, it was called, uh, The Best of Two Worlds. I don't recall that, I do not at all, because I was just, I was like a little squink, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know they had a sign or anything, but in between here and there, there were Barrett's Comics and Games, and they were located over in over in the Brickyard, uh, Brickyard Plaza, like I said. I only had occasion to go there a couple times. I was in high school at this point, you know, early, early high school, and I had a couple friends, this guy Brian and this guy Chris, and they were, they were into comics too, and every once in a while we would go over there. Every once in a again, we would have, like, a sleepover at this guy Chris's house, and we would, you know, take this, like, Real, uh, long route over to his house. We'd go by the comic store. We'd go by the Safeway and get snacks. We'd do all kinds of silly stuff. It would be like on Family Circus when the kid's, like, trying to show you the route that he took. And he's like, I went over this and around this and up the slide. And then I was went uh, through the ice cream parlor and out the back door. It was kind of like that. And we would go over there and look around a bit. But that was never, that was never my main spot. But... When when they finally moved onto their uh, Mendocino Avenue location, that was that was it for me. Uh, my my grandmother lived near the downtown area, and I knew that I knew that my dad would visit her every day on his way home from work, and that would be around around like three forty five. He had like an early shift, and I worked out this scheme where I would I would walk over there and get picked up by him, and driven home by him, and I did this, like, under the guise of visiting my grandma, which I did, I did visit my grandma, but the real reason for this was I wanted to go buy fantasy books and games, and I would, I would go every single day of school, I'm not even kidding, I got, 
I got like a dollar fifty for lunch, as I as I remember. And I, at the time, like a comic was like seventy five cents. And I would go, and you know, somewhere during the day, I would like try to scrounge up the change for the tax, and I would, I would get two comic books. Sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't uh, get the change in those days. I would only get, I would only get one comic book. But this was, this was a big period for me as far as collecting. I, I got into a bunch of stuff at the time. I remember that they started doing Action Comics Weekly, and I was into that like crazy. I. The DC invasion with the Dominators, that was like a big deal. Every week you could go and they would give you like a piece of a poster. And if you put it all together, it would make one big invasion poster. And I was all over that. I I would always hang up the freebie posters that they would give you at the comic book store when you ordered something. My room at the time was just covered with, you know, the free flyers that they give you at the comic store. And, you know, even like to this day, I still have I still have a bunch of those that they, they have the table at the shop where they, you know, have the free giveaway flyers and whatever. I always, I always take a peek, you know. They do make, like, nice temporary wall covering in the, uh, in the nerd room. My, my, I was talking to my friend Sarah while I was, I was emailing with her the other day. And she was saying, hey, you know, I listened to, uh, I, I, I listened to This Boring Life. And she, she's since moved to Ohio. And I haven't seen her, like, in person in quite a while. And... She's like, I could picture you uh, in your nerd room, you know, doing your podcast. And I just thought that was funny that she said nerd room. That's what she calls, that's what she calls the earth base. But I guess, you know, in a lot of ways, it is in fact a nerd room. I'm looking around now and it's just piles of nerdy stuff. There's a bunch of VHS tapes, comic books up the yang. But at the time, my my bedroom, which you could also have called a nerd room, was just covered in comic book uh, store posters, uh, <laughs> I one time we went to the comic store, and this was this was kind of a fun memory. They they were doing an in store appearance of Spider Man. They had Spidey there, and everybody got to take their picture with Spidey. It was on a Polaroid, and then they they kept the Polaroids up on the wall for a while, you know, to just kind of show people like what kind of a fun time they missed. And eventually, they they would give you yours, and that was. That was a, like a super duper hot day. I remember I was, you know, in my pseudo hip hop gear and I kind of had like, I had my baseball hat cocked to the side and I was just, I looked like I had the flu. I was pale, covered in sweat from the heat and it's just, it was so disgusting. I had that picture up on my wall for years and I wish I still had it today. It was so great. I looked, I looked so gross and I'm there with, I'm there with Spidey. That wasn't the only time they did an in-store appearance there. I This story I'm going to tell is a story of disappointment. And it's a big story in my life. So get ready. I want you guys to sit down and get, uh, get prepared for the tale of all tales. Uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break. And then we'll come back and you will get... The tale of all tales. 
This is Gen X Comics and Collectibles, the next generation of the comic book specialty store. The hottest books in the country are here for you. X-Men, Spawn, Wildcats, Gen 13, plus the latest in non-sports cards, special orders, new comics weekly, and hundreds of back issues. Gen X has special discounts for military personnel and college students and features in-store specials on comics, t-shirts, cards, and specialty items every week. Gen X Comics and Collectibles is waiting for you at Westgate Mall. You're listening to Radio. Yokey doke, yokels, we are back. And now this is a segment where I have I have promised to tell a tale that will stand the test of time. And this tale, this time testing tale, is is such as this. At at Fantasy Books and Games, one time they announced I don't even I don't even know how to start this. This is just it's monumental, man. It's monumental. It is majestical and I don't I don't know how to get started but we will we will start so one day I'm over you know I'm over at fantasy books and games hanging out with the counter dude this guy this guy looked like uh Dennis Blunden from head of the class if you if you recall he was a bit overweight brown haired guy sort of sort of typical looking but he he was the counter guy who was always there and he knew his comics and we would spend a lot of time talking so one day you know I'm over there chit-chatting with bro and I see, uh, I see a flyer that I had not seen in a place I had not noticed before, and I, I see, I see the visage of of a renowned celebrity. The celebrity is a man known as Mr. T. Yes, Mr. T. from the A Team fame, Mr. T. from Clubber Lang fame. Just Mr. T. famous for for being Mr. T. And I go, hey man, what's that? And he's like, oh, check it out. We uh. We're having a store appearance next week. Mr. T is coming. And I go, what? I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, every once in a while, they would have, like, Spider-Man or Thor in, in the store. Things like that. But a celebrity, the level of Mr. T was just absolutely unheard of. It turns out that Mr. T was coming out with a comic and he was going on like a nationwide comic book store tour. And believe it or not, Fantasy Books and Games in Santa Rosa was going to be one of the locations that Mr. T was was going to visit. Now, this is this is after the days of the A-Team and of Rocky 3 and all this stuff. This is more this is more around the era of his famous VHS tape, Be Somebody. Or be somebody's fool. That was that was a classic that got countless spins over at the video store when I was talking about at one point how you know you would have to put tapes on at the store that were of like the G or PG rated variety. This tape by Mr. T about about positive thinking called Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool just it got it got endless play. Let me let me dig in the vault. I have a copy of that around here. Let me just pop that in for a sec so I can, I can give you an idea of what, what we're talking about.
sorry for the uh, the abrupt stop right there, but honestly, that could go on forever. If you wanted to, if you wanted to make the perfect podcast, you would actually just take all the audio for Mr. T's "Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool" and just play it, and that that would be that. But this was this was the era of that for us, and we were like we were really into this. We would play this tape all the time. Like "Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool" was our uh, our mantra at the time, and it was just, just amazing to think that this guy that we were, you know, worshipping from afar was going to soon be able to be worshipped from a near, and as, as Mr. T's visit approached, it, it started to get a bit of local publicity. I recall that there was, there was a thing in the paper about how, how this guy was going to going to be visiting our store, and this really, like, it caught people's attention. I started hearing dudes who I never, you know, would hear talk about stuff like this say, oh yeah, for sure, I'm going to be at the Mr. T signing. I'm going, I'm bringing the kids, I'm bringing the wife, we're all going to go, it's going to be great, everybody. I'm not even kidding, I was just hearing everybody was going to go to this, and then when the day, when the day came, it was... It was, like, the hottest day that there had ever been. It was it was sizzling hot, and I don't remember the exact time that uh, Mr. T was scheduled to be there, but let's just say, let's just say it was going to be noon. We decided to be on the safe side, and we would try to get there at, like, at, like, 10. You know, we had, we had nothing to do, so we're just like, we'll go down there, and we'll just... We'll get in line early because the hubbub on this is hub bubbling over, right? So we get there and there were already already a bunch of people there with with chairs and stuff. You would have thought it was like like the grand opening of Phantom Menace or whatever. There were dudes waiting like crazy with tents and everything. So we got in line and it was it was like hot already at that time in the morning. And I was, you know, like I was into that hip hop scene, like I said, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out without, like, my starter parka and my beanie hat and, like, my matching uh, Detroit Pistons sweatpants. So, you know, I'm there, and I'm, like, I'm dipped out in this gear, and it's hot, and it's getting, it's getting hotter, like, by the minute as, as, you know, the day goes by, and people are, people are starting to line up, like, you know, by, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, by the hundreds, it goes, the line went down and around the block and then around the block. And, you know, I, I, w- I was thinking at some point it was going to come all the way back around and get back to the beginning again. It was, it was a vast line and we're all, we're all outside on, you know, this main thoroughfare. It's like Mendocino Avenue, which is one of our main streets and cars are, cars are going by and they're kicking up dust but finally it starts to get it starts to get near noon and we're all thinking this is going to be great Mr. T must already be in there setting up getting everything ready to greet everybody and then you know 12 o'clock comes and there's there's no movement in the line and then one o'clock comes and then it's 1.30, and it's just, it's getting hot, and I'm dying. It's getting to where people are going out of line, and this isn't, you know, this isn't like a sign of desperation or anything at this point, but 
people are going up around the corner and they're coming back with popsicles there was some kind of convenience store or ice cream shop or whatever and we're all like sucking on these popsicles and it's so hot and you know i'm still trying to look funky fresh so i'm you know i'm wearing a beanie and a parka and it's going by you know the time is going by slowly i'm just i'm picturing it in in my head like right now it was so hot i I'm starting to steam up as we speak. And then, you know, after a while, the the people who were inside the comic store come out and they're they're passing out water bottles to the people who are out there. And we're all, like, trying to find out what's going on and when, we, when we'll be able to go in. And the guy, you know, from the store says, well, Mr. T is not here yet. And everybody just, you could feel like this, this groan, like this, this release of, ugh. And some people just got out of line and left. And there was a lot of, a lot of rumbling and muttering. And we, we kind of debated whether we should leave as well. But we had been there so long that what else were we doing also? I mean, we weren't in a hurry to go anywhere we were you know losers and we we decided to stay and we're standing there and and time is going by and i recall around this time tv 50 that was our our uh, local channel their news their news dudes showed up they actually uh their office was very near to where the the comic shop was so they just kind of walked across the street with some cameras and they started talking to people about what was going on and dudes are doing their best mr t imitations in in front of the camera and i i I talked to i talked to him for a second too i don't remember what i said i know it i know it didn't make the news because later we went and we watched it and i wasn't on there but you know i didn't I can't compete with dudes doing a Mr. T imitation, can I? And so the day is going by and, you know, just time, time keeps on moving past. And then just, I could see, I could see off in the horizon. It was one of those situations where you can see like the waves of heat coming off the street. I'm getting woozy. We haven't eaten in hours except for, you know, popsicles and water. And... I could see it off in the distance. A limousine. A limousine came up and it was coming closer and nearer. And finally, it parked right in front of the comic store. And the door of the limousine opened and there he was. It was Mr. T. And I couldn't I couldn't believe it. After all this, there he was. We were we were gonna get we were gonna get our chance. We were gonna get a picture with Mr. T. We were gonna get signed pictures of Mr. T. It was gonna be, it was gonna be the greatest, the greatest thing of all the times. And you know, T like sticks up his arm and starts like you know yelling stuff, and everybody is cheering. Man, this country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. I am rate number one. One. That means I'm the best. Hey, mama. Hey, mama. Then you like see a real man. And he goes into the comic store and we're waiting like, you know, for them to open open the doors and let us in. We're standing there 
you know, waiting for the moment that we've all been waiting for. And time goes by a bit more, and I'm just thinking, I'm trying to be positive about the whole thing, and I'm just be somebody or be somebody's fool. I'm trying to like stay like as positive as I can. I'm like, they must be, they must be just you know getting situated, like getting everything ready to go before before they open the door and and they let us all in and. Then, as as we're standing there, um, Mr. T walks out of the comic store, back into his limo, and drove away. He just drove away. Didn't. They never opened the doors, and everybody was. We were gobsmacked. We're standing there, and at first we're like, "Oh my gosh, T's coming out! Like maybe he's gonna." you know, shake some hands and say he's sorry for being so late, but he just got in the car and they left. It was, you could feel the, you could feel the tension rise in the line. Just, it was immediately going up like five, ten thousand percent. It was, I, like, I, I felt like my head wanted to explode, like in, in scanners. I, I couldn't believe it. And then the, uh, the guy from the comic store comes out and he's like, everybody, everybody, I'm sorry. Mr. T has an appointment that he has to go to and he he's very sorry, but he promises to make it up to everybody at a future date. Uh, signing canceled. And I just, like, I have my hands over, over my eyes right now because it's just, the stress of thinking about it is just horrible, but there, there you have it. Uh, we waited, we spent the whole day, and Mr. T just drove off into the sunset. I I had a you know pretty good rapport with the dude, and I found out later that what happened was T was, they said he was being difficult. He was a difficult guy in the first place, and when he got there, he saw the length of the line, and he thought about how long it was going to take him to get through this line. And he just said, that's that. It's a wrap. I'm out of here. Not even going to get started. And he took off. So there you go. That's my Mr. T story. Never got to meet the man. Never got to, uh, never got that picture with him. Never got anything. What a, what a bummer of a story. I hope that, I hope that you're, you're not as bummed out as I am right now. It's not. It wasn't meant to do that. It wasn't wasn't meant to do that at all. So I I pretty much went to fantasy books and games for for the next few years, and that was where I really my comic collecting started to go into into overdrive. I I had this like this shelving unit in my room that at one time it was in in the living room, but. It got, uh, it got replaced and sent up to me, and I would, you know, stack my books in there. I wasn't, I wasn't yet like the, uh, bag and board type. I am now, which is, which is weird. I don't know why we bag up and board so many of these comics that we do. When I get just like, like a random issue of Iron Man, why am, why am I keeping it in a bag and a board as if someday it's going to be like some kind of a valuable artifact? It's weird. But that's what we do. But that's where, you know, my my collecting kicked into overdrive. But I wasn't, wasn't like really like keeping good care of my books. I would just, I would just keep them in stacks and I would read them in bed and read them at the table and read them just everywhere. I would loan them out and not get them back. So a lot of the stuff from that time period 
is gone to me. I still have, you know, some of my who's who's and things like that, but I don't have, I don't have a ton from that area, era, rather. I do have, um, a, a copy of The Killing Joke that is still my original copy of that, and I have a few other cool things, but... I wish that I had taken better care. I wish that I, you know, I just wish that I would have been a more fastidious person at the time. But that's the way it is. That's the way it goes. We can't go back. Can't reminisce about that too much. Can't dwell on it. Especially because everything's available out there anyway if you want to get it. You can always hit eBay, hit the flea markets. You're gonna, you're gonna find this stuff. It's not that big of a deal. And things were rolling over at Fantasy Books and Games for... For a while after that, many years, it was really the spot to be. We would go there all the time and just look at books and look at posters and just hang out. It was in a high traffic area of downtown, so we were there. We were there quite a bit. And then one day we are, uh, we're there, you know, digging through the quarter box. They always had, they always had like tons of Sergeant Rocks in the quarter box. And I, I'm a mark for that dude. I love Sergeant Rock and I would always pick him up and bring him home and... One day we're there, and we they had a big sign behind the register that said, store closing, going out of business, one week. And it was just, you know, what the heck. It was one of the biggest what the hecks that I've ever had, because as far as I could see, this was a thriving business. There were always people there. There were people gaming. There were people shopping. And not just, you know milling around. There were always people looking. They had subscribers. It was, it was a pretty successful business. And I found out over the years, this is another, another tidbit from our main man, Gino Vega, that there had been some kind of like real estate investments that didn't, didn't turn out as well as they could have. So they were going to shut down this location and focus on the, the other store that I, I think is still there, actually. I believe the uh, Livermore store is there, but I'm not. I'm not certain of that. Uh, I've never been there. I've never been to that locale. I should. I should go. I probably probably should have gone down there and talked to those guys and seen what they had to say about uh, about this fabulous shop that closed closed down many a moons ago. But I did not. Didn't do. I, I talked to Gino Vega. That was my research. All right. I reached out to to another historian, <laughs> and there is that, so one day we're there, and they just, you know, they announced that they were going to be shutting down in a few days, and that everything was on sale, and the final day, everything was going to be, I think, like 50%. This is, this is the part that I remember the most, uh, we went by on the final day of the store, and everybody was grabbing everything. People were just it was 50% off. Everything was going. By that time, we got there a bit late. We really, we beefed it on this one. We should have been there earlier, but when we, by the time we got there, there wasn't that many awesome things left. I got, I got some shirts. I got a Lobo shirt, I know, that said, Bite Me Fanboy. I actually still have that shirt. It's in tatters, and I still have it. I got, I got a Mage action figure, you know, Kevin Matchstick for Mage, and he had... He had a bat, like the famous bat, and a bunch of bunch of neat accessories. I got that. I got a Madman action figure that I think was made by the same company. And I got some comics. I bought just tons of tons of stuff. But by the time we got there, all of the you know, all the wall books and stuff were gone. And it was 
It was really sad. The line was so long and everybody there was just, you know, like gathering and talking about the store. And there was some kind of a plan at the time for the employees were going to get together and they were going to buy the store. I, I don't know what there would be to buy because it it was like everything, everything was already gone. You know, all the good stuff was gone. I don't know what kind of inventory would be left to open a store, but they were going to... They were going to gather up and kind of co-op it and reopen it, but that never happened. And it was, it was a sad moment. And, you know, when I look back, I, I wish that I would have, I just wish I would have savored it more. Just savored being there more so I had deeper memories of fantasy books and games because it's gone now. And that's, that's pretty darn weak. And it, I'm not going to go like, oh, it hurts my heart, but it does. It does, to some degree, hurt the heart a bit not to uh, not to have this place to go to. Especially when I have to go by where it was, like, all the time. And that's just, I don't know, man. It's a bummer. That, that strip of street is not that great now. There's, like, a Chinese buffet. And one of the gals roller derby teams used to practice over there. But they don't anymore. And it's just, it, I don't know. It used to be such a hopping, nice part of town. Fantasy books and games. They reminisce over you. You are listening to Icy Robot Radio. Would that be my spider sense returning? It's back. It's back. Way to go. Don't let those overgrown tin men keep you down. Just too many of the big guys for you, buddy. Hold on tight. Can Spidey handle the Sentinel's blast? Oh. Grab a copy of this month's Spider-Man. Marvel Comics, it's mayhem for your mind. That is so weird and cool at the same time, a commercial for a comic book. That's something that... That is something that Marvel needs to do again nowadays. Comic book readership is down, and that's weird in the world where, like, comic book characters are more popular than they ever have been before. There are Marvel movies that are huge, Marvel TV shows, DC TV shows, DC, DC movies, all sorts of stuff. And it's weird that comic books aren't, like, picking any of this up. It's strange. I don't get it. It's odd. But, uh, it is what it is. I think that... I think that, you know, at the end of the Marvel movies, they should, like, throw something in there that goes, you know, if you want the continued adventures of the Avengers, you know, check out your uh, local comic store and some Marvel comics. Uh, They're still owned by the same company. Why not advertise the other wing of the the business that you work for? Anyway, so after uh, after Fantasy Books and Games closed down, we sort of, we were just kind of floating in limbo. There wasn't a... There wasn't a big comic store around here. There was there was Cooperstown still. They were in effect, but they were still focusing mostly on like baseball cards. It was more of a baseball card shop than like an actual comic book shop. They did have some stuff, but they didn't have they didn't have like tons of comics. It wasn't really worth going there all the time. And there eventually a store opened in Katadi that was that was like two towns over, and we would go there from time to time and pick stuff up. But I wasn't, I wasn't like a regular comic book reader at this time. I, 
had fallen out with fantasy books and games, you know, uh, going away. I, I, I fell out of the habit. I would still, I would still pick them up if I saw them, you know, somewhere. You would still actually like encounter spinner racks still at this point. I know they had one at Long's, at Long's Drugs, and I would read stuff there. And Sawyer's News downtown had comics, and I would read things on the rack there. But I wasn't. I wasn't regular and it kind of it kind of stayed that way for for quite a while honestly. I would buy quarter books and things like that and there was there was a store in in uh, Petaluma that's like three towns over called the Comic Book Box that we would go to sometimes and it was always fun. It was fun to go and it was fun to get comics, but I wasn't I didn't have a pull list anywhere and I didn't have any like regular habits and that was that was kind of a weird period i guess for me as far as comic book reading goes is one time i wasn't wasn't into it i was too too busy doing whatever i was doing i don't even know what i was doing but things you know kind of they kind of moved along and they moved along and eventually uh cooperstown moved to the mcdonald's plaza here in rican valley they um they opened a much bigger, more friendly Cooperstown over there, and this was, this was around the same time that I was working at, uh, the video store, the Bradley Video, and the Bradley Video eventually moved into Rincon Valley as well. At first, I worked over on Piner and Marlowe, but then I got transferred over to the Rincon Valley store when they opened, and the, uh, video store and the comic book store we're in the same shopping center, and I uh, I started to get back into it pretty heavy. This was the period of time that Kevin Smith started doing some work with Marvel, and that got me back into it hard. I I was into his movies, and I was into that whole scene. And when I when I heard he was gonna start doing some stuff, I I was all over it. So I started doing that. I started reading like the Daredevil he wrote, and I. Picked up a bunch of the Oni, like, View Askew Universe. That's the Kevin Smith movie universe. I picked up a bunch of View Askew Universe books, like the Jane Silent Bob books. He had a bunch of cool books that would continue what was going on in the movies and whatever. And I got into that, and before you know it, I was, I was, I was back in it, in it for real. Like, for real. I was reading tons of comics, and I was happy. It was great. I would go... After work, a lot of times, and I would hit up their back issues, I would hit up the quarter bins, I would get hit the new releases, and it was really great. This was a nice time, you know, video store, comic book store, video store, comic book store. It, it was really a nice uh, period of my life, and I do look back at that time super fondly. It was just so great. Such a nice time. I just renting videos, going home with videos every day, buying comic books every day, going home, sitting around... Uh, Watching, you know, watching wrestling and just, you know, having a great old time. Good period of my life, I must say. But, but like all good things and, and like all bad things too, I guess, it was, it was destined to end and eventually I moved on from the video store. I, I just got sick of being there. I got sick of the hours and it, it was a lot of late nights and I got sick of the late nights and I got sick of the low pay. So I got myself... I got myself like a union job in the in the downtown area of our uh, neighborhood, and where we were living at the time, I was able to walk there. 
It was within walking distance. And along the the route, I would pass a I would pass a comic book store that was also just as much baseball card and Magic the Gathering card and just, you know, general role-playing type stuff store as much as it was a comic book store. They had a new release wall and they had some trade paperbacks and stuff. It wasn't bad. Not, not by any means. And it was, it was in, it was downtown right next to where United Artists Cinema 5 used to be. Now Cinema 5 is a church, but at the time you had a really neat part of town with like Cinema 5 there and this comic book store next door. The store was called, it was known as Clark's, like Clark's uh, Trading is what I think it was. And I would go to Clark's regularly and after a while I got, I got a pretty good rapport with one of the, one of the counter dudes who worked there and like for the life of me, I cannot remember this dude's name. He was a bit younger than me and he was, you know, like a, like a slacker kid. He would wear like skateboard gear and he had a hat that said anti-hero. I think that's like a skateboard company and he was he was a cool kid and I got along with him and uh he started hipping me to other comics that I wasn't really so much into like Hellblazer and a lot of the a lot of the Vertigo stuff like 100 Bullets and just all kinds of cool comics that I wasn't really uh checking up on and over time he also he also convinced me to get a subscription I I had kind of dabbled with, you know, special orders and having things held for me, but this was, this was a bit of a commitment. As I remember, you had to get at least three books monthly, and when you did that, you would qualify for a 25% off discount overall throughout the store. And, you know, he was finally able to convince me that, like, you know, you're in here a couple times a week, and you do... Like, I've seen you buy the last, like, five issues of Daredevil by Brian Michael Bendis. And I know you're going to buy the next five. And I've seen you, I've seen you buy Powers. Or, this isn't, you know, this is probably all out of order. But I've seen you read that, and I've seen you read this. And why don't you just, you'll get 25% off. So finally I caved, and I, over time my list went from small to large, like, just like all these things are, they're just destined to. Once you get, once you get a subscription list at the comic store, you're just, it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. It's hard to manage. It's hard to quit. Once you start, it's hard to quit, you know, because you'll be reading a comic monthly and it might not be great. It might not be something you look forward to, but you've been reading it and kind of there never happens a moment that is bad enough for me to go, that's it. I've had enough. You know, interest, interest tends to peter out. It doesn't, like, go out like a flash. And it's hard to get to that point where it's petered to where you're like, I just, I don't even want this anymore. So over time, over time your list will grow. And mine did. This was, this was the beginning of, as far as volume, maybe my biggest period of collecting. Because we had a low rent and I had, like, a good paying job. And the wife had a good paying job. And we had... We had a fair amount of money coming in, and this was before before 2.0 was born. Once you have a child, they're a giant drain on all your finances because they just take, take, take. They don't earn. Your children don't earn at all. They're just all, they're just all a negative. They'll take, but 
the gift in so many other ways. So it, you know, it balances out. It is an investment well worth it. But we hadn't made that investment yet. We were still just like, I don't know, we were stacking so many chips and I was buying so many comics. I I accrued just a gang of long boxes along the along the living room floor. We had kind of a small place. We had to keep a lot of stuff in the living room. And I had like rows and rows of long boxes and then they were like stacked up on top. And these are all just like random comics. I don't even, sometimes I wonder why you just hold on to these things so dearly. Uh, now, now that collection is all in, it's in the, uh, in the garage. Kind of, you know, they're kept up off the ground. You know, they're, they're well taken care of. It's a nice garage, but they're out there. They're not even, they're not even near me, man. Anyhow, I was go, I would go there a lot and I was, I I was into it. You know, I was, um, I was into it. I was really, I was really digging all the stuff I was getting into. And then, then we had a falling out. I was, I was walking to work one day and I was not paying attention at all where I was going. And I got to a, uh, I got to the intersection where you cross to go to the comic book store. And as I was going to the street, a car must not have seen me and they came zipping by at full speed. And, uh, in my entire career of walking, that was the single closest I ever had to getting turned into pasta sauce. I almost became marinara sauce right there on, on the street. This car came, it ran over the tip of my shoe. I was wearing white shoes and it went right over the tips and you could see where it went over. You get a lot of mess underneath your shoe. Not so much, you know, on on the top portion near the laces. And you could see where it went right over. It was... I I almost bought it right there. And I did get across the street, but I was... I was pretty shaken up. I was visibly very shaken. I, I felt sweaty. And I felt pale. You know how you feel when you're just like, I feel pale. And I was in the comic store, and the dude's like... Oh my gosh, man! You look uh, you look you look like you have the vapors. Uh, you know, are are you all right? And I told him what happened. And when I kind of re- recounted the story, I I started to sweat because I saw the car zip right by. I saw the mirror. It was it was pretty close. And I was pretty shaken up. And I said, "Hey, can I can I use the bathroom? I want to just you know, like wipe off my face and stuff." And he goes, "Oh man, I'm sorry. Employees only." And I had been coming there for a few years now. I had a pull list. I had, and you know, I, I, I just, I did my best to be like a good customer. I tried to represent and, um, I, I was just, I was really bothered by this, that they wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And over time, it, it really started to eat at me. Like they would let other people use the bathroom. I would see it like, People who were playing card games or whatever would just be like in and out of the bathroom. And this one time when I I was there and I was all shaken up, they wouldn't let me in, and it really it really bothered me. And this sounds this sounds really petty, and it is really petty, but it will play into it will play into uh, something that's going to come up in a bit. So eventually, this store moved to another location. They moved to the to the Brickyard Plaza. Uh, very similar location to fantasy books and games from way back in the days of yore. It was almost as if it was almost as if 
fantasy books and games was back, but not really. It was it was a large store, and half was gaming, and it was well organized, and it was nice, and the other half was comics. It was it was dipped out. There were back issues. I was I was really really into this place. I gotta say, I would uh, I would hang out there a lot. I would just drop by to see you know see what was going on and. Oh, here's a, here's a story of something that happened there that that is a bit interesting. One day I'm kicking it there, and they they post up an announcement that Jim Lee, the famous comic book artist Jim Lee, was going to make an in store appearance for the for the comic book Legal Defense Fund, and he would be there signing autographs, doing sketches, all sorts of stuff. From I don't remember the exact hours, but let's just say ten to two. So. That was, that was pretty exciting to me. I was really uh, into his art. It's uh, something, it's very detailed. It's hard to explain the visual style, but he is really influential. And at this time he was drawing, he was drawing Batman. He was doing this series called Hush. And I had this, um, this Harley Quinn action figure from Hush that I really liked. And I said, I'm going to take this over to the store and I'm going to get this signed. This is going to be great. And I grabbed another, another Jim Lee comic that I had that has... Catwoman on the cover that he had just drawn. And I'm like, I'm going to go over there and get these signed. Me me and 2.0 are going to hop over there and we're going to check it out. She was small, but I figured I'd bring her with and it would be cool. So we couldn't actually make it until like the end of the event, as I recall, toward more toward two, let's say. So we hustled over there as quickly as we could after we had some kind of an appointment. And I can't remember what it was. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. But we got over there. We got over there as quick as we could, and by the time we we made it over to over to the comic shop, it was it was pretty empty. There were a few people milling around, kind of checking out Jim Lee, but it seemed it seemed really uh, low key. And he was he was hunched over on the table, drawing on a paper plate that he he must have gotten some food on. It was. It was like a used paper plate, and he was kind of squiggling on it, on it with his pen, with his head down. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure of, of the procedure. There wasn't anybody in line, but I wasn't sure if I should just like bust up to Jim Lee and go, "Hey, Mr. Lee, I was hoping you could sign these. I'm a big fan." And I kind of, you know, I stood there trying to figure out what, what I should do. And then the, the guy who was working at the store kind of kind of you know ushered me forward he's like go 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 you know just go up there and and talk to him so I said fair enough and I kind of you know I went over there and I had 2.0 with me and I said hey Mr. Lee you know I'm I'm a big fan I was wondering if, if you could sign these for me and he he didn't look up he didn't look up from the paper plate and I I felt really awkward and I, I you know I said excuse me Mr. Lee or, or something like that you know I don't I don't mean to disturb you like he was drawing on this paper plate, but he he didn't he wouldn't uh, look up. I I was feeling super awkward, just really uncomfortable. And I looked over, you know, to the guys who were you know running the event for the store, and they kind of made like this this forward motion with their hands, like brushed something forward. And I I took it like should I put you know my my figure and my comic down and kind of push them toward them so him. So I, I did that. I kind of put him on the table, you know, near where he was, and without even, he didn't even look up. He just kind of grabbed the figure, wrote his name on it, grabbed the comic, wrote his name on it, and pushed him back. He didn't look up. 
didn't say a word, and it was just the most uncomfortable autograph situation I have ever been in. I I left there thinking, for the longest time, it's just like, Jim Lee was kind of a jerk to me, and I was a real big fan of his art, and I still am, but I left there going, I was there with 2.0, and this guy sunned us. You know, he wouldn't even look up. Like, he's such a big, such a big superstar that he can't even look up. And many, many years later, I brought this up to, up to my man Chris over at, um, Comics for the Win. And he said, oh, I heard about that. He said, what he found out and knew was that if any comic store ordered, like, a certain amount of something, or if they got, if they raised enough money, Jim Lee would come down and sign at that store. And he like, he made this guarantee a long time ago and it was just taking him forever to fulfill these obligations. And he wasn't, he wasn't digging it. Like it turned out to be more, more than he had thought. So by the time he got to a Clark's trading in Santa Rosa, California, he, he had just had it with the thing. And according to all reports, he was grouchy and he didn't, you know, want to look up and talk to people. He was kind of, People thought he might do like a speech or like a brief Q&A or that kind of thing. But he was just, I'm going to doodle on this plate, not look up, sign your thing, get out. And I've seen him on so many shows and I've heard so many things that he's just like a really cool, polite guy. And that really bummed me out. And even though I am still a fan of his art, I will admit Jim Lee sunned me and it did kind of stink. Man, that was a heart-wrenching tale. I had to, I had to dig deep to steal myself, not to, not to lose it there. So, uh, let's dig into the commercial vault here, the VHS vault, and see what we can find. Oh, here, here's a cool White Castle Hamburgers comic book related commercial. Let's, uh, check that out, and then, then we're gonna come back, man, we're gonna try to, we're gonna try to finish this up eventually. a whole much longer after that until until we actually moved we moved into a bigger much nicer place that was that was like well across town so I wasn't I wasn't going by the wasn't going by the comic book store as much as I did I would go by and pick up my own books of course you know I always pick up my books if I'm a subscriber I will always get my books I get them on time I don't want to I don't want to stick the owner with with a bill that, you know, I, I made him get. So I'm good about that. I would always go get him, but I didn't hang out there as much as I, as I used to. And at this point, Cooperstown in Rinkin Valley was sold. I don't know the guy's name who bought it, but he renamed the store Bold Future. And I started going over there because it was more it was more near my house, and it was within walking distance, and I would check it out, and I started to like it, and I really started debating if I should switch my subscriptions over to Bold Future, and I 
I really had to think about this one for a long time because I'd been going, you know, to the other store for so long and I felt loyal and they'd always been, they'd always been good to me except, except that one time they wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And that turned out, that turned out to be the deciding factor. I, I sat down and I made, you know, pro con list and on one side was, you know, they've, uh, been very accurate with their service that the store is consistent and, on the other side was, you know, proximity, just keeping it, you know, within my neighborhood, you know, keep it local, keep it as local as you can, that kind of, that kind of hippie junk. And one factor that kept popping into my head was, what about that time with the bathroom? That was, that was really weak. So I decided that I was going to, I was going to cancel my description, my subscriptions. That was, that was a petty that was a petty straw that broke my petty back, but it was, it was something. So I went into the store and I went up to one of the dudes who was working there. One of the guys I, one of the guys I knew and I said, Hey man, I need to cancel my subscriptions. I'll take whatever's in the box now, but, but I'm done. And he goes, okay, here you go. And he hands them to me and I go, did you, did you catch what I was saying? I said, I'm canceling my subscriptions after so many years and that's that. And he goes, okay, cool, here's your books, you know, let me ring you up. And it was just the weirdest reaction. I expected him at least to go, oh, what for? And I would say, oh, I'm just going to a store that's, you know, more near my house. I'm going to go to Bold Future or whatever. And he said nothing of the sort. So I said, well, maybe they didn't value your business in the first place. And I left and I started going to Bold Future. And that was cool. That is where I initially met Chris from comics for the win he was one of the one of the counter guys there he he seemed like he was you know the more comic guy and the other guy was the more games guy i know i don't know this is what i felt at the time i i think chris actually hates comics and he likes games but that's a joke i i think he likes comics just fine so i started going there and that was all good and everything was accurate as far as my pull list but then then things stopped appearing. Like I remember I wasn't getting Daredevil or I wasn't getting I wasn't getting the Punisher, the Punisher Max or whatever it was. And maybe I wasn't getting Alias, which I really loved. Those are my some of my favorite books of all the times. And they would they would stop appearing in my list and I would go to the dude who was working there, the owner, and I'd go, Hey, where's where's the Daredevil? I know that it's out. I know for a fact that it's out and he would give me some kind of weird excuse like, oh, it's at my house. I left him at my house. You know, I, I, I'll bring him in for you. Don't worry. And that was just so weird for me because I've been thinking, what do you do? Do you sort the delivery at your house? Do you get the comics delivered from Diamond or whatever over to your house instead of to the store? But he kept saying they were at the house, you know, come back tomorrow. And I would come back tomorrow and they wouldn't be there. And it was... It was becoming a drag because I didn't want to go to the other store to pick up my books that he wasn't getting me because I felt like he would get them and then I'd be stuck with two copies. So I was, I was in a pickle. It was strange because some of the books would be there, but not all the books. I always figured after a while he would get it all in order. Like he would get, you know, the, the, the intricacies of running a store and he would get it all in order. I was giving him time to work out the kinks, but the kinks were never getting worked out. It was very... It was very strange. The whole thing would have been a bit of a wash if I didn't if I didn't meet Chris there. And a while back, I was over at Comics for the Win, and I said, "Hey, Chris, remember that bold future?" I said, "What was up with dude telling me how he was always, you know, having the books at his house?" And he goes, "Oh man, he wasn't even ordering books." And I said, "What do you mean he wasn't ordering books? He 
he was he was in a bit over his head as far as the bills and he wasn't even ordering books he would he was just hoping if he didn't pick up people's books that they would buy the books that were already there and then he'd have money to finally order their books but it it never worked out that way doesn't that's kind of a weird business model and i i eventually you know i started thinking man i got to I got to get out of this, but in between here and there, a whole nother store opened over in Runner Park. This store was called Ancient Dragon. One time, one time me and the old wifer, you know, were driving the whip going out to Walmart and I kind of see out of the corner of my eye, is that a comic store? Does that say comics? And, you know, she's like, yes, that's his comic. So we kind of, we made some squirrely moves and we headed over there and the store was upstairs above a tire place and I had a sign that said Ancient Dragon Comics and I said this is great a new store I can't wait to get in there and we went up the stairs and we got inside and this store this store was great it was just jam packed with back issues I have no idea where this stuff came from where this guy came from nothing it was just wall to wall comics at like fantastic prices at the time I was reading powers I was really into that book but I got into it uh a few issues late so I was having I was having a hard time getting my hands on a copy of number one because this was you know this was pre-ebay this was in the area of ebay where you'd have to send somebody a a postal money order to get them to ship back to you and I didn't do that very often I was having a hard time finding a copy of powers number one but I found one there for like five bucks dude had multiple copies it was this store was so great, and the guy who worked there was really quiet, so he didn't spend a lot of time, like, hyping you up or, like, getting all up in your face, trying to sell you stuff. I really, I really enjoyed going there. It became kind of my second comic stop. This is where I would eventually, like, pick up the books that they weren't getting me at Bold Future, so I didn't have to go over to Clark's Trading. I've always had a weird relationship with Clark's, and that will, that will continue in the future and even more so. So, I'm heading out to Ancient Dragon all the time. I'm going out to Bold Future all the time. This was a really good comic time, man. I was adding a lot of, like, wall comics from Ancient Dragon. That's, that's you know, when you get, like, a key issue of some sort. You know, for example, the first appearance of... The first appearance of Shanna the She-Devil, let's just say. And it's such a great comic that you don't want to keep it in the box in the garage. You instead will, uh... Take the bag and the board and kind of pin it up on your wall as if you're running your own comic store. That's what I, that's what I do now. Mostly I do, I do read some monthly comics, but I'm, I'm in it for the wall comics now. That's, that's my thing. I like first appearances, key issues, and I want to, I want to pin them up there so I can look at them all the time. And this store, Ancient Dragon, really had some, you know, good key back issues at really fair prices, but it... It wasn't destined to last. After I maybe six months to a year, it went under. One, under one day, I went over there and it was just gone. And that was that was a bummer. But what are you gonna do? Comic book stores, man. They seem like they're just so hard to keep open. There's not like the biggest like grouping of comic fans in the world out there left. So. It, uh, you know, it just must be really hard to make your monthly nut that way, selling books at like $3.99 a pop. It's a grind. It's a hard grind, but I give it up to dudes who are out there doing it. You're living the life trying to support the art, support the uh, four-color printing process and graphical storytelling style. I I think I might have missed a store in there. There was, 
There was also a store in, I think it is Three Towns over Petaluma. They had a store called the Comic Book Box, and we would go there a lot. At one time, there was only a flea market in Sebastopol. Now there's one in Santa Rosa and Sebastopol. And after we would hit the Sebastopol flea market, we would take the back roads to Petaluma, and we would go to the Comic Book Box. The Comic Book Box was... It was run by a, a nice lady who was always manning the shop, and she was really nice, really sweet. She knew her comics. The place was the place was really well stocked. They had they had great discount bins, you know, the twenty five cent bins. I'm always talking about the twenty five cent bins, but for for like large parts of my life, and even you know, even now to a degree, you're you're on a budget, and when you're just looking for things to read, a twenty five cent comic is is a godsend, especially if it's like a Sergeant Rock, or I remember getting a lot of, uh, what was the name? Eclipse. Eclipse Comics was published out of Guerneville, California, or Forestville, I think, and that's, that's pretty near here, so we got a nice distribution of their comics, and I understand that some of these are hard to find in different places. They, they published Miracle Man and all these other neat books, and they had, like, some early work by Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman. And I understand a lot of these are hard to find. But around here, they were they were fairly prolific. And the comic book box quarter bins was just full of books from that company. And that was cool because I really got to familiarize myself with that. But let's... Let's get back on track. Well, let's... Let's... You know, we'll finish up about the comic book box. They... They eventually moved to uh, Roner Park. Roner Park is a college town. Sonoma State University is there, and they they had a you know pretty neat location. But they also they also recently went under. One day we went over there to check it out, and it was gone. Uh, I did a TROY about that. I was really bummed out. The lady the lady was a real sweet person. Is a real sweet person. She's still with us. The store is just not and. She had been in the game for so long that it was, it was really sad for me to see them go down. Since we've been going to Comics for the Win, we haven't gone there as much, and one day it was just gone, and that's sad. I didn't even, didn't even get to say goodbye, so let's, uh, let's see where we are. Eventually, I, I just, I'd had enough over, over at Bold Future. They weren't... They weren't pulling my books. Everything was whack. And every time I would go into the store and try to get my stuff, dude was sitting there with his girlfriend playing video games. They would... What was the name of that game? This is something that um, Gino Vega would know. The Ultimate Muscle Kikuku Man. I don't even know. The ones... The cartoon based off the small pink toys from the 80s that, uh, that I know and love. There was like a cartoon about it, and they made a video game. They were always sitting there playing that game when I would go in, and I would ask him, where's my stuff, my man? And he would, he would give me the runaround, and eventually I just had to go in there and say, well, enough, enough is enough. enough, and it's time for a change! I, I, you know, canceled everything there, and I had to go back. I had to go back to uh, Clark's trading with my tail between my legs. And I went, I went in there, and I, I stepped to Dan, the owner, and I said, hey, Hey man, I want to I want to restart my subscriptions. And he said, "Oh, you want you want your subscriptions? Let me let me go get them for you." And he came out with with a cardboard box like 
like a copy paper box with it was just it was jam packed full of comics. There were there were just like a million billion comics in there. And I go, oh, uh, you know what's this? And he goes, your your subscriptions. And I said, my what? He goes, your your subscriptions. We've been we've been trying to get a hold of you to tell you that you have a lot down here, and I, I'm glad you came in. And I said, dude. I canceled my subscriptions, like, a year ago. And he goes, nobody told me. And I said, dude, I told that guy. And I pointed over to Guy, who was, he was one of the senior dudes over there. And I said, I told him. And he goes, well, nobody told me you're, uh, you're gonna have to pay for these books. And I'm like, I'm not gonna pay for these books. I haven't, I haven't been in here in, like, years. And I canceled everything, officially. I told that guy right there. And also, if I was getting, you know, over over $1,000 in comics left in my box, why didn't somebody call me? You have my number. You got my number when I signed up for the subscription. You said that you would call me if, you know, things, things got out of hand in my box. And this is out of hand, Dan. This is... This is like over a thousand dollars in comics. There is no way that I am paying for this. I told that dude. I knew when I told the dude that he wasn't taking it seriously. And I told him. I told him to his face. I am I am a dude who can be counted on to cancel things. I am a dude who I will always, you know, if I have like a guest subscription or a whatever trial subscription, I cancel it. I take care of business, dude. TCB around, uh, around the, uh, around the earth base as it were. So I was super annoyed and I'm getting annoyed right now. And when I'm talking to guy, I'm really, you know, I'm trying to be calm and I'm trying to be business about it because I'm a grown up and I'm just telling him, dude, I definitely see where you're coming from on this. I would not want to be stuck with these either, but I did in fact come in here and tell guy that I had needed to unsubscribe. I've been going to Bold Future for over a year now, and I'm sorry. I am sorry that you are in this position, but it is not my mistake. And he, he just he kind of stood there for a second, and I could see, I could see him. He was getting angry. I could see it in his face, and it's understandable. It is completely understandable that you would be upset about this. You're getting stuck with. You're getting stuck with like a monumental bill, but again, it's not my fault. It's dude's fault. And he just, he slowly looks up and he goes, you're banned. And I go, excuse me? He's like, you're banned. You're banned from the store. Just leave. And I go, uh, okay, I guess. And that was, that was many years ago. And I've only ever gone in there to, to pick up 2.0 from time to time. Her... And a couple of her friends were into Magic the Gathering for a while, and they would they would play over there. So I would have to pick her up from time to time, but that was it. And for for a while, that was it for me and any kind of new comics. I just sort of just sort of gave up the game altogether. I was frustrated. I felt I just felt super insulted by the whole thing, and I just. I had given up. I'd find comics at the flea market or, you know, places like that, but I had no pull list. I had nothing. And one day, 
me and the old wife are driving down the highway and I saw a sign over over near the shopping center with Target and Best Buy that said comic books. And I'm like, what the flip? We got to uh, turn around and go check out what that is. So we went back and there was there was a whole new whole new comic store over near the boot barn and by the subway. And I'm and you know, I'm always excited to see a new store. You can tell I've been talking for almost two hours about comic stores. So I was pretty I was pretty stoked and we we pulled into the parking lot and we go inside and there it was. Comics for the Win, run by my man Chris, who I knew from Bold Feature. I was so excited to see a dude I hadn't seen in so many years. And not only that, I was happy to see that he'd come up on his own store. It was it was absolutely, you know, it was fantastic. I was so happy. It's a very small store, but it has more than everything you need. It has all the new comics. It has trades. It has games. It has toys. It has all sorts of fun stuff. And it's run by a guy who's super cool. So I was I was really excited to see him come up like that. It was great. And it was, it was a long while before I got myself a new pull list. I would go in and say what's up and maybe... Maybe pick up some mini mates. He he was like the only dude around here who ever ordered like collectible toys. Over at uh over at Clark's, which eventually became what did they become? They have uh Outer Plains. That's what it is now. The store is now known as Outer Plains. They moved to a much bigger location and they really are like the comic superstore here in town, but they they never order, you know, collectible toys, mini mates, statues and stuff like that. It's all it's all a game store for the most part. So I would dip into Chris's joint and grab some mini mates. He he special ordered me the Star Trek uh, Starship Enterprise when that came out and he held they had a pack and like the variant figure in it was Maria Hill, who I like a lot, the director of Shield and he he held that for me, and over time, I I decided, you know, I am missing comics from my life. So I went in there, and I I put together a pull list of my own, and I still I still have it today. We will go in on Mondays, usually maybe every other Monday or every third Monday to grab my books, and it's always just a real pleasant experience. Chris has, he's created like a real, a real inclusive vibe over there. He has, you know, book clubs for gals and he has this and he has that and he has games and they do parties where they play the wrestling pay-per-views, WWE pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble or SummerSlam or WrestleMania. For the last one, they had an 80-inch TV and they played the Royal Rumble, which is which is one of the most fun wrestling events of the year. It's it's a real community-minded place. To me, it seems made up of people who, for one reason or another, have been driven off from fantasy books and games, which we actually call the Evil Empire over there. And it is it is for the most part like an evil empire. I don't feel as if I don't feel as if they are evil intentionally. They're not like Grand Moff Tarkin or whatever on their on their Star Destroyer. But they are, they do know that they are pretty much not the only game in town. But they, they are the big fish in the pond and they know it. So they, they kind of, they kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they ban people 
all the time. They're always throwing people out. They're always 86ing people, which is, I guess, that could be your model of business. You're, you're kind of, you are, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm getting drained. This has been, this has been a long session of recording about comic stores. I'm digging, I'm digging deep into the brain because I want to, I want to get all this out. I want to make sure this is all correct. They, they ban people. They have like this model of ex- exclusivity. You know, they, they're just, man, they're the evil empire. What am I going to say? That's what they are. Forgive me. Forgive me if you are listening to this and you are a big fan of the place, but it is, it is a bit on the whack side. It's very messy. It's very disorganized. It, it has kind of a weird odor to it. That's just, that's just me, man. That's just me and my experiences picking up 2.0 over there. I don't dig it. I, I much prefer the the hometown feel of Comics for the Win and my man Chris. What am I what am I reading right now? Let's let's go over that really quick before we get out of here. We are we are eventually gonna get out of here, but I, I keep talking about my pull list and I figure why not just go over what's on it really quick. I get Archie, I get Betty and Veronica, I get me and Reggie, and I get Jessica Jones, which used to be known as Alias. I enjoy that a lot. I get the Ultimates. I get Captain America, and I also get Iron Man, but I might be dropping Iron Man. I don't, I don't know, and of course I get The Walking Dead. I think that, I had always thought that The Walking Dead was the most popular comic in the world, but according to Chris, the number one comic over at Comics for the Win is Saga by Brian K. Vaughn. I was surprised. I I kind of assumed that everybody read The Walking Dead, but he's like, not true. Everybody reads Saga, so what do you know? I guess, I guess it's good. I've read the first trade. I didn't, I didn't really, it didn't grab me like it seems to do some people. I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what the, uh, what the main story is, which is, I guess, that's more me than the actual story. And let's see, have there been any other stores? Oh, there is, there is one more, and this will be brief because I don't go there. Over in Petaluma, where there used to be the comic book box, not in the exact location, in the same city, is what I mean to say. There is a store known as Brian's Comics, and they, they, uh, you know, they are more like comics for the win. I wouldn't say that they are, like, sister stores, but they are definitely, they are definitely ally stores, as far as I can tell. They, they do events together, and they advertise each other, and they help each other out. Neither one seems to be very helpful toward outer planes because that's just how it is man you gotta you gotta fight the power you have to save the rebellion save the dream as it were when face to face with an evil empire let's give it up to Saw Guerrera a true hero of the rebellion I guess I guess that might be it I really feel like I might not be missing anything I wanted this I wanted this to be thorough. I don't want to go back and have to do comic book stores part two, even though that would be fun if over time there was actually enough enough info for me to do another another two hours. That would mean that that would mean that the comic industry is booming and I unfortunately I don't I don't see it going that way. I think there is I think there's enough business to to keep the two stores open. Outer Plains has never appeared as if they are hurting in any way. They they actually added like a toy section over the 
over the past few years. It's run by the fellow who puts on the on the Toy Con, which is cool. He has he has really great stuff at the shows, and I imagine he has really great stuff inside of the store. I I'm not like a vintage toy buyer from the stores. I think you might know that for me. I am I am a hunter. I'm out there in the wild, fighting, hanging and banging, looking for stuff. But I definitely appreciate the fact that there is a store in town where I could go and I could buy a He-Man if I desperately needed a He-Man right now. So I got to give it up to Outer Plains for adding that. It's cool. This store is all right. I don't want to. I don't want to bag on him as much as much as I as I do. I've seen Dan over the years, and we have we've buried the hatchet. He. He says, what's up? I say, what's up? We chit-chat and stuff. It may be that he doesn't even remember that I was banned from the store. Who knows? That was... That was years ago, and I, I look different now, I guess, as we... As we all do, but... Nevertheless, if... If Comics for the Win decided to... Decided to shut their doors, I think that... I think that would probably be it for me as far as collecting modern comics. I would still I would still do what I'm doing and I might buy the occasional trade paperback here and there, but I couldn't imagine starting up again. It's heartbreaking when a comic book store closes. It really is. It's like you're losing a part of yourself and I I wouldn't be able to handle facing any more any more loss like that. I I don't have an unbreakable heart, I guess. I'm not I'm not Bruce Willis in that movie. My heart my heart breaks like anyone, even though even though I am the one who is always saying, Hey man, only Wimsky broken hearts. I I too I too could get one. I I've had I've had many in the past. <laughs> I'm getting delirious, guys, so we're we're gonna get up out of here. This has been a lot a lot of fun. It really has. I'm glad to I've I've thought about doing this episode for a long time and I I knew it would be a lot of work. I knew it would be lot of everything that it would be very time consuming and it has been very time consuming but it's been very time consuming in a way that is completely worthwhile so i hope you dig it i'm glad to get it recorded so for uh everybody out there in the world that i'm friends with this is me icy robot signing off episode number four this boring life comic book stores zurb take it away I'm sorry, Zerb, don't come out and rock that keytar yet. I want to, before we go, I keep saying before we go, but I want to, I want to implore you guys, if you have a comic store near you, go over there. Get a comic, get something, get a soda, get anything, because we don't, we don't want this to go away. We don't want, we don't want the print comic business to go away, and it could. I mean, anything... Anything like that, any kind of art, any kind of music, anything of that sort, it's it's in a very vulnerable stage in our world of uh, digital digital entertainment. So if you enjoy comics, if you enjoy getting out of the house, if you just enjoy if you enjoy supporting the arts, just while there's still time, go to the comic store, buy a copy of The Walking Dead, buy a Captain America, buy an action figure, buy anything, just take your kids down, do what do the right thing and support the arts, support print media, support your local comic store guy. He needs it. Without it, the world is a worse place. I know that for a fact. So 
for real now. Zerb, grab that keytar and hit it. This IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.